and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Can we be there? Oh, just think of the time. All in love so strange. Said you never know. Can the Denver Broncos turn things around in short order with Sean Payton? Just how much can a coach matter? Largely with the same group of guys who couldn't get it done. I mean, do you agree that coaching in professional football is as weighted or instrumental in wins and losses as a coach can impact any of the four major American sports? Yeah, we can throw baseball out the window. Like, you know, nowadays especially, it's just analytics. They don't even... Like most of them don't even, you know, they're not making in-game decisions like, hey, what do you think here? What kind of strategy? No, it's all kind of mapped out for them. Right. So but throw that away. Um, Which is so crazy that it's like that the sport, and you're dead on, the sport collectively has let analytics be the steering wheel of almost every decision. Yeah, every decision. So it's, it's not even like, you're not even, not all managers, but this is, that's a, the trend now is you just um, let the numbers tell you what to do. Yeah. So, okay, you get a robot in there then. Right. That's not how everyone does it, right? But um, a lot of them, that's that's where this thing is going. Hockey, yeah, I don't know. We got a great one here in Coach Bednar, uh, but just whatever. With, with Sorry, it's just not, not, not at the top of the list there for me. Uh, I kinda and put, I don't know. I kind of put hockey and basketball sort of together. Yeah, and, and basketball, you got to have. I mean, just if you got LeBron, you I mean you got you need a superstar, and that's kind of how it rolls. Yeah, um, and every coach needs players, of, Jimmys and Joes, right? Of course. But, so yeah, I think to go to your question, a long way here, long story long. Um, yes, I think football by far um, is the uh, relies the most on coaches, and I actually think I would put in in. in not to minimize NBA coaches or even college coaches for that matter because you need good ones if you want to win, period. But I actually think in hockey it might be elevated a little bit because in basketball your core group of five players is going to play three quarters of the game and the ball can be in one guy's hands so much. Whereas use Nathan McKinnon, for example, his ice time in a 60-minute hockey game could be 21 minutes, could be 19 minutes. So it's just like more moving parts uh, for a coach to leave his uh, fingerprints yeah, on. Yeah, I like that. Well said. Um, okay, so we agree that football, the coach is the most instrumental of the four major American sports. Just how much can a coach flip a loser to a winner? That's what we're trying to do here. And history says it's um, very, very attainable. It, Yeah, it's it's definitely attainable. It's not an easy thing to do, certainly. But a coach can make a huge, huge impact. And... And we have a guy that can make a huge impact. So I think um, we have the right guy in place to try to get this thing flipped around. I just have concerns with this roster. I have, and also on top of that, it's like okay, you know, you have um, you know probably different examples of different coaches yep. uh, that have flipped a team around. But then also, I say, well, what does that? Div- what did that division look like? Like we're 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 you know amongst the the greats over here in the AFC West. 
I mean, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Right. They're not going anywhere. Right. The Chargers are like a young, upcoming team, like a good team. Right. The Chargers are going to charge her. I got it. Um, but they're still a very talented team. Yeah, it was a 10-win right? team. Yeah, a playoff team this year. So it's like we, we're in a tough division just to get this thing flipped around. And, oh, by the way, both those teams I mentioned have really young, dynamic quarterbacks. So it's not like, oh, they just you know hit all green lights this year and the Chiefs won it, but, you know, they're probably not going to be very good next year. We can really flip this thing around quickly. Our neighbors are, 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 are some bullies over here, and it's it's a tough division, to, and that's just to start with. Right. So I think in our situation, you know, it's 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 a difficult thing to to do, get this thing flipped around that quick. But certainly coach, coach and staff can make a big difference and flip, you know, three, four games from one way or the other. I mean, we – look – we, we see it. You're right. Your decision making. Right. How important is that? It's everything. Huh? It's everything. You know, are you going to try an 84 yard field goal the first game? Or are you going to go for it on fourth and five? Right? Um, are you going to get the plays in on time and, and not get penalties? Are you going to be able to manage a clock and manage situational football? Because that's what it comes down to in the NFL. Right. Like, are you prepared for situational football? Do you execute at a high level? Is your coach on board? Is your coach managing all these different things? Um, and if so, that will be a couple games for you just right there. No question about it. Um, that, that's why, you know, I remember going around the table like, well, you know, what could be? This was like our instant reaction after Sean Payton was – uh, named head coach, they said, you know, how many games do you expect him to win? And we kind of, again, reserve the right to change our mind as we get more information, get the staff, get the draft picks, get through free agency. But I'm like, I know that they'll win one more game than they did the previous year. Because just using the Colts game as an example, I just cannot ever see the operation being so Russ-centric with the game on the line under Sean Payton. Like, that would never, ever, ever, ever happen again here under Sean Payton. So just that that's like a, the most simplistic answer. You don't lose 12 to nine at home on Thursday night football uh, with Sean Payton as your head coach. But when you look at some of these examples through the history of the league, uh, we can start with Andy Reid. He takes the chiefs over in 2013. You know, you know what the chiefs record was the year before. I know they had the f- number one overall pick. I believe. I think you're right. Did they pick the lineman? Yeah, they picked the lineman. Yeah. Uh, Fisher. Is it Eric Fisher? Yeah. Was, like, was he like Western Michigan or something? Yeah. So, was it Central Michigan? One okay. of those Michigans. Okay. Uh, so Andy Reid takes the Chiefs over. Their record the previous year, Stokely, was 2-14. and 14. He takes over in 2013. Alex Smith is the quarterback. They're eleven and five. That's impressive, and also, I mean, you got to re- remember that's when the Broncos were in their prime. So you, well, you know, I was talking about the Chiefs and yep. division. Well, yep. heck, Broncos were in their prime then. That's the right. Broncos went to the Super Bowl. That's right that year. So um, okay, I, I like that. I like that. How about Doug Peterson taking over the Jags, who went three and fourteen in twenty twenty one, who also had the number one pick in the draft. The next year, year over year, nine and eight. From three and fourteen to nine and eight. So I want to go back to the Chiefs. That was yeah. Alex first Alex Smith's first year with the Chiefs. Yep. So they traded for him. So they obviously they upgraded their quarterback position. So that was a big deal for him. No doubt. You look at Doug Peterson, just the, the last one that you referenced there taking over the Jags this year. Um young quarterback. Uh, Trevor Lawrence now in his second year. And what else did they do? 
They spent a ton of money. They did. Spent a ton of money in free agency, and they, they built up that roster, and they did a nice job of spending that money, and they played in an awful division. Let's just be frank about that. Yep. So that that obviously helps. So I think there's different things with both of those um, uh, examples so far. And, and you look at the Broncos. Broncos don't have a lot of money to spend. They don't have a lot of draft capital like, like some of these other. Andy Reid, they have the number one overall pick. Right, right. I think how you have to view the Broncos situation is that you are getting dudes back that weren't a part of this mix. And I'm, I'll throw Randy Gregory in there, who only played, I think it was five games, five or six games for Denver this past year. Tim Patrick, who never played a game. You're getting some of these guys back. I, I guess, I mean, if but you want to look at you, it. you do lose guys every year. You know, you, you kind of keep your fingers crossed. Maybe that you get... You're fortunate like the Chiefs were this year where they didn't have a lot of injuries or certain teams some years don't have a lot of injuries. But usually that's the norm. you got you got to be able to figure out how to win with some injury. Bowlesy's will be back. Yeah, and again, like Bowlesy, front-line starter. Javante Williams. Javante Williams, yes. Randy Gregory. Like guys you need those played, guys to be healthy. Yeah, like five, who played five or six games or less that will be coming back into the fold? Um, and Stokely, I'm saying that because – that's almost how you have to look at it yeah. because you don't have the resources to just say, okay, where's that flex seal? Here's that, oh, that hole's covered up. $70 million this offseason. That's, not, that's right. not the position the Broncos are in. So I'm kind of. But I'll say this to look about him. Like I mean, you mentioned Randy Gregory, but he's never been healthy. That's true. So, Jim. like, how can you expect him to be healthy this year, right? I mean, like, we can hope and be optimistic, but history says every year that he plays, he's never played a complete football season. So. That probably won't happen this year. Well, probably I, won't. I, 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 you're you're probably right. And if it goes the way that it has gone, virtually every year of his career, and, and, and let's let, let's just let's just be specific. Randy this year missed the second most games he's ever missed in a season. So it's always been bad. It was really bad this year. He missed three quarters of the season. If that happens again, we need to be talking about the Randy Gregory signing, like the Juwan James signing. Not to the egregious level, but this was a massive free agent contract, one of the biggest offseason signings in the NFL, certainly one of the biggest at that position, and it has just been a flaming disaster from the moment the ink hit the page. And look, sometimes you have bad luck, right? You know, you, you sign guys and, hey, they just can't stay healthy. It's just bad luck. That's a, that's a bummer. But when you have all the evidence that says – this guy is always hurt. He's never available. Right. And you go down that road now, you're to blame for making that decision and pushing your chips in at that moment. Because you knew. Because so, you knew. History says. I mean, all the evidence says. All the evidence says that. Those are the facts. So, it's, not, it's not us making this up. Those no, are the facts. No. And then, so if he comes here, and obviously this year was more of what we've seen from him in previous years, he just can't play, stay on the football field. Suspensions or injuries. That's been his whole career. And so, yeah, if it doesn't happen this year, they'll have to cut him after the end of the, this next year yep. and be done with him. And that's a ton of money for two years. And then you look at what you didn't spend it on. You look at maybe some of the guys you let go because of that. And there's a trickle-down effect, like we always talk about. When you're drafting and you don't you miss out on a first-round pick, well, yep. there's a, now the next year you're still looking for that position. That's so right. there's a trickle-down effect. It doesn't just go away when you cut the guy. It still lingers around, and, and that that is on George Payton. It is, and we said this is not armchair quarterback stuff. Before Randy Gregory played a down of football for the Broncos, you and I both said if this goes the way it has for the previous 
half a decade with Randy Gregory, it will be the lowest hanging criticism fruit for George Payton because you will never be able to say we didn't see this coming. You you just can't say that. He's missed more games than he ever played. That was before he showed up. So and he had surgery like the day after they signed him. Correct. Zach. Correct. Like, correct. Did we not see that? Did we not care about that? We got we got uh, we were you know backed into a corner there. And you really had no recourse after that. Like, oh, we have no one else to sign. We pushed our chips in the middle with this guy, and now we get this news. It, it was a it was a complete disaster right from the outset. Yeah, right from the beginning. It was. It was. Hey, couldn't have gone worse. No, like, we're signing no. Randy Gregory. Oh, okay, cool. Like, hopefully you stay healthy. Well, he's got to have surgery right now. He's like, gonna, wait, what? Going to miss the Already? entire off season. Already missing all training camp. Oh, yep, yep. That's how it went. And then, of course, you're not ready to play football your first quarter of the season, and now you're done for most of the season. Yeah. So that's how it went. But but going back to these, like, can the Broncos turn things around in short order with Sean Payton? We just went over the Andy Reid example where the Chiefs go 2-14, and 14, and year over year they end up 11-5, and five, the addition of Alex Smith being a big part of that. Doug Peterson taking uh, a Jags from a 3-14 and 14 team to a 9-8 and eight team. Uh, spending money in free agency and getting a more of an honest look at Trevor Lawrence in his second year. Obviously a big part of that after the um, Bourbon Urban experience. Bill Parcells. How about this one? This is remarkable. Bill Parcells took the Jets over from a 1-15 team in 1996. They would have had to have. Is this the year they drafted Keyshawn Johnson, number one? Yeah, it had to be. Had to have been, right? Yeah. Coming out of USC, that's the last time a wide receiver had been drafted number one. But Parcells took a Jets team that went one and fifteen in nineteen ninety six, literally made him a winner the next year at nine and seven. There we go. You know who's the quarterback? Who? Neil O'Donnell. Oh, I remember Neil. I don't remember him playing for the Jets. I remember him playing for the Steelers. Steelers yeah, yeah, played in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, that's right against the Cowboys. Against the Cowboys, nineteen ninety six ish. Bill Parcells took over. So I just gave you a Bill Parcells right. example, which is extreme, right? Bill Parcells then went on to take over a Cowboys team in 2002 that went 5 and 11. Season over season, 10 and 6. The quarterback at the time wasn't Drew Bloodsoe or Troy Aikman, it was Quincy Carter. Mm. Quincy Carter at age 26 um, was the quarterback of record as Bill Parcells flipped the Cowboys from 5 and 11 to 10 and 6. Tony Dungy. Were you part of this team? No. no, 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 no. You no. came. You came there maybe a year or two later. Uh, yeah, I was there. My first year there was oh um, three. Okay, so this is back in two thousand and one. The Colts go six and ten, and then the record gets flipped to ten and six in two thousand two. Peyton Manning's twenty six years old. Add a new coach into the mix. You go from six and ten to ten and six. John Fox, an example that Broncos fans will remember well, takes over the Broncos from a four and twelve team in two thousand and ten, and improves them by four games, getting them to eight and eight in two thousand eleven. The quarterback at the time, Tim Tebow. Tim A. Couple more examples here. Bruce Arians takes over Arizona from five and eleven in two thousand and twelve to ten and six in twenty thirteen. The quarterback, Carson Palmer, at age thirty four. Jim Caldwell takes the Lions from 7-9 to 11-5 in 2014 with Matthew Stafford. Jim Harbaugh takes the Niners from 6-10 in 2010 to 13-3 season over season with Alex Smith as the quarterback. 
Brian Dable did it this year. The Giants went 4-13. and 13. This is a really good example to us here in Denver. Brian Dable t- takes the Giants over. They were 4-13 and 13 a year ago, and this past year they were 9-7 and seven and in the playoffs with the same quarterback and largely the same roster. And then the final two examples, Kevin O'Connell, takes the Vikings, largely the same roster, from 8-9 and nine to 13-4 and four this past year with 34-year-old Kirk Cousins. And f- the final example, Sean Stinkin' Payton takes over a 3-13 and 13 Saints team and makes them 10-6 and six with Drew Brees in his late 20s. Okay. Just threw a lot at you there. Yeah, a lot of numbers. Uh, but what I take from that is, you know, a coach can matter. And um, it, it makes me optimistic and hopeful that uh, we could see some kind of. I don't. I don't need to see this team go. What was it? Five wins last year. Yeah. Um, to, five and twelve. To, to you know, twelve and five this year. I don't. I don't need to see that. But I just want to see the arrow pointing upwards. You know, you go five to eight wins, something like that. Five to nine. Show me that we're moving in the right direction. It's been so bad for so long, but I know that we do have the right coach. We do have a coach that can turn around this team. He's done it before. This guy's a great coach. And uh, so you, we have that checked. And so that's why um, it was such an important hire is to get so, a coach like this. And and um, so we have that box checked. I just don't know if we have the roster checked. Right. That That's kind of a big concern there. And quarterback, man, our quarterback. He's got to play. He's got to play a lot better. And that's, that's the big question mark. I mean, if he plays like Russell three years ago, yeah, okay. I, I could see this team winning 10, 11 games with Russ three years ago, Russ. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a Houdini, a magician. He's great. But if this is like at the end of the road, Russ, like we saw last year, like, what can you do with that if you're Sean Payton? You can manage it better. You can make him better. You can scheme things up better. But still, you know, you, you can get to eight wins, maybe nine wins. But that'd probably be about it. I, I am more encouraged today after this segment than I was even yesterday. I mean, these are real, tangible examples in the modern NFL. And how about this? A lot of these examples don't have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They, like these year-over-year year flips that we're talking about. I mean, Alex Smith was, was damn good, but he wasn't some sort of, you know, elite quarterback. Uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't an elite quarterback. You go from 3-14 and 14 to 9-8 and year-over-year. Year. Neil O'Donnell. I mean, come on now. Quincy Carter. You know, t- t- Tim Tebow. Carson Palmer. I mean, these are not you – don't, you don't need uh, a future – Boston Canton to flip a team, the roster is going to be vitally important. Yeah, which you just highlighted. But if they can get better, and some of these guys can get back that you had expectations for a year ago, like we never hung the excuse of oh, in the injured Broncos, poor poor Broncos. But having your left tackle back, having your start and running back back, having your most lo- reliable receiver back, all that's going to matter. And you're hoping this new main ingredient that was missing in Sean Payton can elevate the guys that were maybe underperforming a year ago, a Cortland Sutton. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to throw Jerry Judy in there because he he ended up you know really rounding into form. But guys like Sutton, um, you know, fill in the blank that that you could just maximize with the additions. They're not really additions, but they're coming back. 
I don't know. Could you use your imagination and say, hey, using history as our guide with these awesome coaches entering the fold of losing scenarios, could this could the Broncos be 10 and 7 year over year and it's it's not as crazy as it sounds? No, no, it's not. I'm I'm you know, you, you talk about the the roster and and getting some guys back. I just when you're limited with the salary cap and you're limited with your draft picks, that that's that to me obviously makes it more difficult, but it's a it's a scarier proposition. It makes it a lot more difficult. Totally. And then your division is tough, right? It's not a historic division like we thought it might be going into this past year, but it's still going to be a tough division. I mean, Chargers will be a good football team. Uh, Chiefs are, are, you know, a really good football team. And we'll, you know, uh, the Raiders are the Raiders, so we're not really concerned with them. Uh, but those other two are, 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 are good teams that you have to deal with. And so it makes it more difficult to get this thing flipped around. And, and you're, you're kind of, you know, you're handcuffed a little bit with the, with the draft. And with free agency, so that makes it uh, more difficult. And I think my big concern also heading into the year is, okay, we can get Russ turned around a little bit, hopefully, heading back in the right direction with Sean Payton and get this offense taking a step forward, right? I mean, that's that should be the bare minimum. This this offense looks more competent uh, week in and week out. But I, I, I am a little concerned about this defense maybe taking a step back. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, – the transition from Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, and it's going to you know Randy Gregory and Baron Browning and Nick Benito, and it's like that. That's that's a that could be a big big drop off there, and uh, there's almost like an assumption, right? That I mean, like, we hey, just, our defense will be at yeah. least they'll be really good, yeah. You know, um, and so uh, it's hard to sustain great defenses year after year, and and so that's I think that's my big um, concern heading into this year. Isn't like, you know, offensively all these things, and obviously Russ is at the top of that list. Can Russ be fixed? But it's defensively, will they take a big step back? I think that's fair. And I think it's worthy of a larger discussion here, um, maybe a little bit later in the week. And, you know, who's going to be coaching that side of the ball up? We still don't know. It's it's Valentine's Day, midway through uh, February, and we still don't know who the defensive coordinator for the Broncos is going to be. It's a, It's an unusual situation. We could find out here, you know, coming out of the next break. I mean, we really yeah. could. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm thinking within the next 48 hours. Within the yeah. next 48 hours. You know, I think that's a fair net to cast. Yeah. In the next 48 hours, we'll know who the defensive coordinator yep. of the Denver yep. Broncos is. Yep. You agree? Of course I agree. Okay. Yeah. And if it turns out not to be true, we just push it back another right. 48 hours. Right. It's just a perpetual pushback. Tomorrow will be 48 hours also. Yes. We yes, do. it will. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> okay. We- I got a thought on that defense, though. Um, I think it's a pretty good thought, too. I want to kind of get your feelings on if you think it's good or not. There's no way of knowing until we do it. That's right. And that's our new plan. Oh, oh. coming up. you adjusting on the fly. Coming up next. You're not rigid. <laughs> Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Stoke has an interesting thought about um, this defense. defense. Jinx. What do you got? So I'm worried about them taking a step back this year, right? Like we just kind of expect and assume that 
hey, this defense will be the backbone of this football team and it will carry them and it will um, just be the strength of this football team like it's really been. It kept them in a lot of football games, right? And um, and I'm concerned that it won't be. Like, you look around and, like, this team is changing defensively. What will it look like? We don't even know what's going to go on with Draymond Jones. Yeah, we're going to talk about that here right? a little bit. And then... You know, Alex Singleton and and Josie Jewell both had a good year. Yep. Uh, I think I don't know if Alex Singleton's under contract uh, again next year. He's not. Okay. Uh, so he was a really good player. Obviously, changes every year. And there's just a concern there that they take the step back. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, was this someone else's concern also? Did someone else have the same concern I did? Any idea who I'm talking about? Give me a second here. Let's talk about this. You said the, the concern of this not being a strength anymore. And taking a step back. And taking a step back. Who from last year's team? Um, um, I have a guess. Okay. That that is no longer a part of this defense. Idro Evero. Look at you. On a Valentine's Day Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Huh? Look, at, I'm proud of you. You ought to be proud of yourself. Zach, hair looking good today. Came oh in here gosh. focused and not disheveled like you were yesterday. Oh no! You, yeah, you looked disheveled. Uh, um, and, I was and, a little and, bit disheveled. And, and then, and then you deliver there. Yes, exactly. Like, did he see the writing on the wall? Like, no, no, no. I'm a hot candidate this year. We had a great defense, and if I stick around for one more year with this defense, this thing ain't the same. And now I go from being a hot candidate to being a no candidate like that. I don't want that to happen. So yeah, I, you know, Sean Payton, all that. That's it looks looks fun and everything. But can I, I want out? I don't even want to be here. Uh, my my buddy's not here anymore. Things are changing, and then that next thing you know, he's like. I'm going to go take over a really good Carolina Panthers defense and be that defensive coordinator, right? Very interesting. That's where my mind went. You think that's a good thought for me? I think it's a very good thought. I think it's a very good thought. And anyone that would know intimately and be able to reasonably forecast is a guy who had his fingerprints all over this and has intimate knowledge of every single detail and wrinkle of that defense. And... There's an additional factor why um, you might not want to stick around. Because if you don't keep that standard that you had, are you actually Sean Payton's guy? And that matters, I think. Of course it As matters. opposed to joining a new staff that's all coming in together and not being inherited, you would imagine there's nowhere to go for this Broncos offense but up. Right? right? Seriously. Right. Like, this yeah. like, he's 16 points a game. Can't, I, can't get worse. Can't get worse, right? Can't. And w- that possibly that can't. No, that 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 phrase, uh, the moratorium has passed. Right. We are now eligible to say that. Okay. It did right. get banned during the season because it kept on getting worse and worse after we would continuously come in here and saying it can't get worse. It did. So, it did. So we ended up banning the phrase. But it obviously can't get worse under Sean Payton. But defensively, if the offense gets a little bit better and the defense takes a little bit st- uh, of a step back and new human beings become eligible to take over that position that have a previous relationship with Sean Payton, this is just probably not the best scenario for Evero to be in. Then you're fired. Yeah, period. Then you're fired at the end of the year. And he'll bring in you know whoever he wants for for the defense coordinator. So, yeah, that's a good point, and it makes sense. Uh, you know, Once you start looking at the situation, why – he probably wanted a fresh start, Idro Evero. Yeah. And I think some of it has to do with 
Like this defense probably taking a step back next year, looking at the talent saying, ooh, man, we we hit green lights this year. We overachieved, and that probably won't be the case the following year. Right. And and he saw a better situation. And that probably is a better situation for him. I think it Carolina. is. Yeah. And you're with the guy that uh, is in his first year as a head coach. So that, like you said, to, to your example there, uh, matters. And you probably have more talent on that defense moving forward than you do with the Denver Broncos. I think that's fair. I think their more trajectory is going up, and the Broncos are like, you know, staying stagnant or maybe going to go, you know, my fears go you know, down. This yeah, year. we're, we're kind of hoping it stays the same. Yeah. And, and, and this is probably not like an overwhelming factor in Evero's decision not to take, um, not to retake the job, I guess, you know, um, be inherited by Sean Payton is that division just in general. I mean, we talked about this with the coaching opening again. Was it the deciding uh, deciding factor for Evero to make this, the decision he did? But you look at who you have to slow down in that division if you're Evero, and you have the pieces that Carolina does defensively. Who's the Bucks quarterback? Who's the Saints quarterback? Who's the Falcons quarterback? I don't, don't know any. I don't of even them. have answers for those questions. No, you don't. So, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Um, it's a better situation to be a def- defensive coordinator. A weaker division, a weaker quarterback uh, group. Obviously, we don't even know who they're going to be. And uh, you got a talented defense. So, it's uh, – and and you look at the Broncos and who they have to go up against, and you have a, a roster that you probably um, – is trending in the other direction. Right. So, you put all that together. You put all that together – was the real reason that Evero didn't take the defensive coordinator job because Hackett was the previous head coach? Or was it just natural factors of, like, what's the best best pathway for success? I think it's the latter, absolutely. If the Broncos were locked and loaded next year, I'm cool. Hey, Hackett, give me knuckles. We're all good. But you're going to stay here. This is because you're – what ultimately, what is he trying to do? Be a head coach. Be a head coach. Right? So you want to be in the best situation possible. If this is a great situation, he stays here. Right. No questions asked. But he's trying to be a head coach, so he's trying to go to the best situation. And that's Carolina over the Denver Broncos because if this thing moves in the wrong direction, he's going to get fired at the end of the year. Sean Payton's not his guy, and now you're not even a candidate anymore. That's how quick it goes. Right. So and there's another and there's another variable. Got another one. Yeah. If you go and have success in Carolina, you point to two different situations where he was the DC in which his defensive the defense thrived. Now, if you if it thrived for two years in a row, there's a lot of merit to that too. Sure. But if you go to Denver as a first time DC and that defense is terrific, and you go to Carolina with a brand new staff and that defense gets even better and you're a common denominator for both of those, and you're an ownership group that's like, who is this guy? Kind of like we went through Harborough. It's like, this kind of resume is impeachable. Like, he goes to this stop, he has success. He goes to that stop, he has success. Obviously not to the degree of Harbaugh, but when you do it at different stops, I think there's, um, like, an added layer of merit. Another good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're you're spot on there. So, it's going to be a interesting storyline this year because we haven't really talked a lot about the defense. Not really. We just kind of expect like, yeah, okay, defense is going to be good at least. Um, and we need to worry about Russell and this offense. Russell, Russell, Sean Payton, coach, you know, offense. What's it going to look like? It's got to be much better. 
and we don't talk a lot about the defense, but um, I'm concerned there that they might take a big step back this year. Um, and, you know, right now we don't know who our defense coordinator is going to be. The talent there just seems like it's um, it's not going to be the same. And when you can't put pressure on a quarterback and you don't have the, the edge rushers, it, it makes it difficult defensively to scheme things up and – Hopefully, hopefully, we can have a full year of Randy Gregory or like 14, 15 games of Randy Gregory. Yeah. And Baron Browning can stay healthy. And Nick Benito can take a step forward. And Jonathan Cooper can keep developing. But, you know, that's the uh, best case scenario, which, you know, it's like hitting a Powerball. Yeah. And, and you're, it's, it's a lot of hopefully. A lot of hope. You right? know, a lot of hopefully, a lot of ifs, you know. So, not uh, a lot of facts and evidence not, to back that up. There's a couple. I think there's a couple. But not too much more than a couple. So, yeah, uh, obviously. I don't even know if there's a couple, to be honest with you. I mean, Randy Gregory's never been healthy. Baron Browning's been banged up. Um, He hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. Nick Benito showed us nothing as a rookie, like absolutely nothing as a rookie to be hopeful or optimistic that he's going to take a step forward. And Jonathan Cooper, it's like he showed something his rookie year. I don't remember seeing him a lot last year. When I said that, I was thinking of a couple things that I think are sure things on that defense, and that's Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. Yeah, you keep go, who's the third most sure thing this season? Uh, yeah, you know, you look at a guy like DJ Jones, and we were I sure mean, he was a really good sure. player. In the he middle. was sure. Hopefully, Draymond Jones is back and mm-hmm. playing at a high level. But Which, again, a lot of you know Draymond Jones health. Even Kwan Williams dealt with health stuff. I mean Draymond Jones health stuff. Um lot of lot of lot of different variables here. Uh we may find out by the time we get off the air, and if not by the time we get off the air, I think by the time we come in tomorrow. Or next forty eight hours probably. Probably over the next forty eight hours there we'll find go. out where Derek Carr is gonna be playing next, as today is the day. Uh Do you by, think it happens that quick? Uh I'd say about forty eight hours. From four about, o'clock today, forty-eight hours. So give or take a few Well, it's about hours. F- four o'clock Eastern, so it's actually um, two o'clock by the time we get off the show. So I'll say in the next forty, fifty hours. Okay, we'll 50. know where Derek Carr is landing. All right, and I have—is it the Saints? Could it be the Jets? Could it be the Panthers? Could it be the Panthers? There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. There is. Uh, Kissner asks, does no. he have to wait to the new year? No, he does no, not. No, they'll release him. He'll be a, a free agent right away once they release him uh, today. Wow. Stick it to the Raiders. Love to see it. Love it. Okay. We keep waiting and waiting for something to happen around here, and it just hasn't happened yet. And it's got nothing to do with the Broncos. Hang tight. It's next. To Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. We keep waiting for something to happen around here, and just isn't happening. <laughs> and the question is, and our buddy Will Peterson uh, asked this question on DenverSports.com: Like, is it? Time to start asking if and not when. Talking about the health of the Colorado Avalanche. Goodness gracious, Stoke. 
They give you a quick little rundown. Okay. First Catch of all, up to speed here. First of all, Kale McCarr, star defenseman, he's still dealing with a concussion. We haven't seen him uh, as of late. He missed his third straight game, or he will miss his third straight game tonight when the Tampa Bay Lightning come into town. Familiar opponent coming off a just beatdown from this past week. 5-0, to zero, I think, was the score. His fellow defenseman, Eric Johnson, who got hurt against the Panthers on Saturday trying to block a shot, took it to the leg. He's out as well. Don't expect to see uh, Pavel Francos in that he's got a lower body injury. Uh, don't expect a Josh Manson return tonight. Now, uh, Jared Bednar shared all of this news after practice yesterday. And then the other name on the list and, and probably carries the most significance is the captain, Gabe Landeskog. The hope was like a couple months ago that he'd be skating by now as he tries to return from that knee injury. But Stoke, there is no indication that's actually happened yet. He hasn't played a game for the Avs this year. Hasn't been with the team for big chunks of the year. So the question is like, okay, is this conversation shifting from like when is this team going to get healthy to if this team is going to get healthy? And I'll just raise my hand. Like there was an assumption as we headed into the offseason after we went to all the playoff games and, you know, we're at every round and at the Stanley Cup and doing our show live from the parade. There was just like almost this assumption based off the dominant nature that they cruised through the playoffs uh, a season ago that, of course, they're going to be back. Of course. the, the, The core is set. Then it's like, oh wait, the core is not actually set because the core is not available. Yeah, that's um, you, you can never account for health and injuries, and that's why it's so important to take advantage of your window. So important what they did last year. It really not was. like oh, okay, hey, we'll get them next year. Don't worry about it. Let's go. No, because you don't know what it looks like next year. Yeah, you can forecast that you're going to have a talented team, but will you have a healthy team? Right. Health impacts so much of your season in sports and. You're witnessing it right now with the Az. We saw it last year with the Nuggets, um, with uh, Michael Porter Jr., yep. and then Jamal Murray obviously not playing at all, um, how it can impact the team. And so it's definitely impacting the Avs right now, and I think just the hope is that you do find a way to get into the party. And, you know, most importantly, you got to get your guys back. you got to start getting healthy. Have to. Have to. Now – it seems like uh, Jared Bednar is to the point where it's just like he is embracing the we just got to get in the playoffs. We just got to get in. Yesterday he said uh, when, when asked about that question, just like, hey, are you just like tr- embracing, like leaning into getting into the dance? He said, quote, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm at that point. I think the most important thing is getting in and then getting in healthy with a team you feel can compete for the cup. It's all speculation at this point because we haven't seen our team. Bednar went on to say, I like our team on paper if we can ever get it together. Yeah. So. And that's tough then. You know, it's tough. You see it in all the sports. And and this is a group that's predominantly, you know, the same group as last year, right? Um, predominantly. Yeah. Right. Um, but there, there's always like, hey, getting in the flow of the game with each other, right? And you, if you haven't done that, there's there's an adjustment there. Uh, but but certainly, it's just about getting this group healthy. If you get them healthy, like, okay, let's go. 
but if if it continues like this, we we've seen. I mean, it just it's just it's impossible. It's impossible to you know go into the playoffs and think you're going to make some kind of great run like we saw last right, year. Right. You got to have your guys. You got to have your guys, and you can't you can't just st- skip steps and say, hey, uh, let's bring it in together on three. We'll we'll, we'll go back to the the uh, the same shape we were as a team. I don't mean like condition shape, but like we'll be the same team as we were last spring. It just it doesn't work like that. And man, I don't know what the level of disappointment. There's still a bunch of time left, and I think the Avs are going to make the playoffs. And we'll see what happens and who's available. But if the Avs don't make the playoffs, man, this would go from like we're having conversations like, would you just take one now? Would you just take one, or would you roll the dice for more? And you know, it's like, are you satisfied? And man, those conversations have kind of been turned on its head pretty quickly here. Um, as they they could be on the outside looking in on the actual playoffs. Yeah, that would be a bummer. Um, but for me, it's all predicated on they just weren't healthy. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what can you do when you are unlucky when it comes to the health of your team? Like, how, how can you compete without your guys? Right. You just It's just not going to happen. And, you know, in football – it's tough, and the Broncos have been through it, but um, you can find ways, and we've seen it. You know, San Francisco has been banged up. Uh, I mean, if you have certain positions that stay healthy. But, look, I mean, and and still, I, th- I think for me, a, a big part of it is I'm still living off of last year. Cool. It's like house money. I, I, yeah, like that was so much fun. That was so awesome. Do I want to see them have a, a legit chance to repeat? Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, I'm cool. I'm good. That was awesome. They won it last year. Uh, and I know that's a little bit of a, I, I guess, a loser mindset there. Um, but I'm still, uh, it's like it was so much fun last year. It was, man. It's legendary. Legendary. Uh, you never know how windows work in sports. We talk about this through the years. They struck when the iron was hot. They crossed the finish line. But because of the youth of the core and the, still the trajectory of the team, and it felt like you could just change goalies for three years in a row and you were still going to be the odds-on favorite to win the cup, it was like, this thing, this window's propped open with a steel rod. Probably still is moving beyond this year, but you, you just you simply never be, know. It could be one of those, you know, year off, and then, oh, yeah. now we're back healthy again. Yep. Hey, look out, NHL. All right, hey, don't forget. And we saw that happen with the Golden State Warriors. Yep. I know it's a cross-sport example, but they missed the playoffs. They went from winning a title to missing the playoffs. They lost in a play-in game, and then they're back winning a championship because that core was that core. So they weren't healthy. They were not, and they got healthy. And they got healthy. Yeah, you know, this is you know you talk about windows. That's my point with the Nuggets. That's why I was disappointed that we didn't have a bigger move and a splashier move, right, that I thought maybe could help propel them and take that step because, you know, the window looks like it's 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 bright and open here for a while, but these things can close quickly. $19.7 million. That could be a key number for the Broncos' front office. We'll tell you why next.